You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On College Football. It's Monday, so you know you have me, Candace Cooper, host of Locked On Tar Heels podcast, leading this talented team. Do yourself a favor, make sure you download and subscribe to Locked On College Football from anywhere you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So here's what I have on tap for you today. Locked on Bama host Luke Robinson joins the show, talks to me about Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide and how they keep on rolling. Locked on Boston College host AJ Black joins the show to give me perspective about Coach Halfley and the Eagles and where we're at as a team overall. Finally, I'll have Locked on Badgers host Asher Lowe coming in as we're gearing up for the Big Ten season to finally start. We're excited about it. I want to talk to Asher about the Badgers and where he expects his team to be. I hope y'all have had a great weekend. What another wild week of football. I say it every weekend, but it always rings true. Clemson dismantled Georgia Tech, and Alabama had its way with Georgia. Will we see yet another showdown between the two? It is certainly giving me that vibe. However, this week we'll see Big Ten make its entrance into the 2020 season. Will Ohio State shake things up? Some people are already voting them in the top 25. Some people just want to vote for people who have actually played. How about the ACC who saw five teams in the top 25? Will the Big Ten overpower those conferences and get their bragging rights? And oh, but don't forget that Pac-12 still wants to enter the chat. I'll hopefully have those questions answered for you on today's show. So let's get right started. Luke Robinson is on deck. I'm excited because I have been gearing up to talk some, talk to somebody from the Crimson Tide. Luke, how are you? Uh, doing great today after that big win yesterday. <laughs> I know, right? And at this point, does Alabama um, just like to let teams get kind of like a moral victory, confidence in the start and then crush their dreams? How does that really work for them? Yeah, it, it seems to really work against Georgia as the last three times we played them, they've had a halftime lead. Yeah. And frankly, I mean, they were moving the ball with relative ease in the first half. And then Alabama, of course, shuts them out in the second half. Absolutely. Now, Nick Saban's quick turnaround with the COVID-19 test. Does Saban not trust his assistants or he's trying to show his team that there's no weakness around here? Uh, you know, look, I know this is going to sound like um, – a surprise to everybody, but Coach Saban is a bit of a control freak. <laughs> and uh, I think he just wants to be there. Yeah. This is nothing to do about not trusting assistance. I don't believe that in the least. Now, if the options were an offensive coordinator he weren't comfortable with and and the current defensive coordinator, okay, then I might buy that story. Mm -hmm. But I think he's very, very confident in that Steve Sarkeesian could have done well in this game. And frankly, um, Sarkeesian's got a, a pretty good track record of being a head coach. I mean, yes, he had some personal demons that he had to overcome, but uh, certainly he has done that and he has revitalized his whole career. I don't think I don't think there's an Alabama fan out there that would have had a problem if uh, Steve Sarkeesian had had to coach the game. But I also don't think there's an Alabama fan out there that wouldn't rather see Coach Saban out there and to have him come out and really sort of a Willis Reed, uh, you know, come out from the tunnel, uh, <laughs> you know, even through an injury or really a false positive injury, 
then uh, it it was it lifted the spirits of everybody. But you know, I think people are going to play too much on that because Georgia did have that halftime lead. It wasn't like Alabama came out and just uh, railroaded Georgia. That didn't happen at all. I mean, Georgia was playing very well in the first half, and um, so yeah, I don't think it had a ton to do with anything. But I'm, I certainly was glad to see him out there. Absolutely. Now the Crimson Tide have beat the Bulldogs for six meetings now. Saban is 3-0 against Kirby. Why can't any of Saban's assistants, or former assistants rather, beat him? It's a great question when it comes to Kirby Smart. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think uh, 24-7 sports has uh, Georgia literally due to stars, if you're into recruiting stars, and Mm -hmm. I am. I'm I'm a big proponent of the more talent you have, the better team you are. I mean, that's a pretty simple rule. Um, It's pretty uh, crazy how Kirby hadn't been able to get over the hump, especially considering he has had the halftime lead each time and the talent he has. But, you know, these other assistants Saban has faced, I think people make a lot of this 22-0 and thing when really – I mean, his assistants are at places like Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin right now at Tennessee with Jeremy Pruitt, which was a total rebuilding job and still currently being rebuilt. So a lot of the times when his assistants get these jobs, they're not they're not going somewhere like Georgia. I mean, Kirby Smart is is kind of the outlier. So I think you can chalk it up to Alabama has also been infinitely more talented than most all those other teams that the, the former assistants are coaching. Absolutely. And sometimes I can't tell whether they're trying to outsmart him or try to like, you know, figure out what he's going to do. But how does a coach like Saban not become predictable? It's a, it's, that's another great question. (laughs) It's hard to say, look, there's nobody as stoic as Nick Saban seems all the time. There's nobody who's been more adaptable in college football. Um, There's so many coaches out there that have been sort of one hit wonders. I mean, Gus Malzahn is kind of one of them. You know, in 2013, he's the the Cinderella of college football. And ever since then, he is the most predictable guy uh, (laughs) probably in the SEC. And and he's predictable in the record he's going to have. He's going to lose about four or five games a year. And his offense is pretty predictable. And despite the fact that they've, They've changed around some quarterbacks. They've done some things. And that's just one example. For the most part, coaches do get in a rut because they are – if you're a kid football coach, you're going to have a pretty big ego, right? Yeah. And because you're, you're in control of all these kids. And if you don't have a big ego, you're not going to be there very long. And so the, when you have a big ego like some of these coaches do, you, you're thinking whatever I do is right. So I'm just going to do it this way. And um, Nick Saban, though, has, has taken a different approach. He saw what was coming. If you remember his pretty famous quote, uh, when he was talking about offense, and I think he was actually talking about Auburn when he said, is this what you, what we want football to be? Meaning the hurry up offense and move fast and, mm-hmm. and sling it all over the field. Well, instead of getting down in the dumps about that and realizing that the answer from college football world was, yes, this is kind of what we want football to be. Saban adapted to it. And mm-hmm. he's gotten a coach on the offensive side and the offensive talent and the wide receivers to go out there and make plays like that. Absolutely. Let's talk about this offense for a bit. Like Mac Jones, first play of the game, game picked off by Georgia. How confident are you in his ability to take on a Trevor Lawrence-led team when the college football playoffs hit? I think it'd be a great matchup. I mean, look, Mac Jones has all the swagger in the world. And look, maybe a lot of people coming into the season thought it was unwarranted. I was one of those. I said on the podcast several times that I thought Bryce Young would eventually take that mantle for Mac Jones. And I was just way off. Um, (laughs) I, I think we 
tend to doubt somebody like Jones um, mm-hmm. because, you know, people did remember the two pick sixes against Auburn in the Iron Bowl last year. Um, one of them wasn't necessarily his fault, but still they, they are in people's minds. Um, but they, they just write off the fact that he also had four t- passing touchdowns in that game. And since then he's had uh, three straight 400 yard passing games that's hadn't been done in the SEC in like 20 years. It's never been done at Alabama, and I'm including Tua Tungabailoa. So <laughs> I feel like Alabama could hang with Clemson, although I, I have no problem in saying I think Clemson probably is the better team right now. But I would rank Alabama number one simply for the resume. I mean, if you beat somebody like Georgia and Clemson, meanwhile, is playing uh, <laughs> Georgia's sister school and Georgia Tech and beating them 73 to seven. I, I don't think there's any question that that Alabama deserves a little bit more credit uh, given the resumes. Now, covering this team for a while, does winning get old for you? You know, eventually Saban will have to retire. Which assistant do you see taking over? And do you ever see it being a rebuilding year for the Crimson Tide? Oh, yeah, it's coming. (laughs) And look, do I get tired of winning? Look, I'm going to be 48 years old at the end of this week. So I've lived through uh, the Mike Prices, the Mike Shulas, the Dennis Franchonis, the Mike Duboses, you know, I've I've got the Bill Curry's. I've gone through all that. So, no, I do not ever get tired of winning. (laughs) Now, this younger generation, they may sort of look at it like, ho-hum, we're supposed to beat Ole Miss by X amount of points, and what's wrong with us when we only beat them by seven or or 15 or whatever Uh it was? Um, I don't look at it that way. I'm savoring every victory, uh, a carpe diem type attitude, because Uh this too will pass. Eventually, uh, you know, Alabama will be without Nick Saban. Now, he might be a cyborg. I've always had this theory. So he (laughs) might be there forever. I don't know. But, um, you know, Nick Saban's got sort of a Bear Bryant streak in him where when Bear Bryant retired, it wasn't long after that he died. And Mm. I'm not trying to be so morbid about Saban, but you know, some people just live to work. And Mm -hmm. I think this is what Saban wants to do. And he found the perfect spot because um, Alabama fans have been dang near subservient to him. I mean, you know, they, (laughs) they, they will, that we're like, yeah, you tell us what, and he's earned that right um, to, to, to have that kind of control. And I think it's been awesome for him, but yeah, look, one day this is going to end. So I, I tell everybody, Soak in these wins. Don't take for granted that we just beat uh, the the number three team in the country pretty badly. Like we just scored 41 points on the best defense in the country. And I don't think it's close. Uh, Don't take these things for granted. Enjoy it. Soak it up. Absolutely. Now, when it's all said and done at the end of this year, even though 2020 has been crazy, crazy, is a title for y'all still the goal for the Crimson Tide? Oh, yeah. And, you know, people uh, I, I, people are saying that this season may have an asterisk. I think most of the people saying that are people whose teams already are out <laughs> of the picture. But, uh, no, to me, this year is going to be more difficult to win a title yeah. than any other year because not only do you have to deal with an all-conference schedule, which in the SEC is brutal. I don't care if you play, you yeah. know, a uh, lineup of Vandy, Arkansas, Missouri, whatever you want to say. It's still SEC-caliber talent out there. And uh, so, number one, that's a big deal. And number two, um, everybody's dealing with this same pandemic. And look, it almost struck Alabama this past week with their head coach. Mm -hmm. It it has struck Florida's head coach. Um, Some other teams have lost several players to COVID. Games have been postponed. And um, so if your team can get through a season like this, and it's not like it's an unlevel playing field, everybody's got to deal with this. So... um, I think that this year is going to be tougher for a team to win the championship than ever. 
Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you stopping by the show. And more importantly, I want people to know where they can follow more of your work and listen to more of this Bama goodness. Uh, go to Locked on Bama. That's at Locked on Bama on Twitter. And you can find us. We're on, um, of course, all the platforms for podcasts. And Jimmy Stein and I, I think his Twitter handle is at QB underscore country. And uh, mine is at LS Robinson 21. We would love to have you guys listen to us. We try and do it every day, and, and Jimmy and I have a lot of fun with it. We've, we've seen a lot of Alabama football, and we try to bring a unique perspective. So appreciate your having us on here today, too. Absolutely, Luke. I appreciate you coming on again, and I look forward to talking to you down the line because I already know that Alabama's going to be there. So when we pick our top four, I, I'm going to make sure I call you again to talk about the Crimson Tide. And every Alabama national championship game city that they've been in, and um, if we get to go this year, somehow, some way, pandemic be danged, I'm going to get into that one too. Listen, I, I'm sending all the good vibes that that happens. Up next, we'll have a Locked On Boston College podcast host AJ Black coming to the show. But first, do you ever feel like you're always on? Same. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes I just need to celebrate responsibly. Then I reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light from Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink beer. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Up now from Locked on Boston College podcast, I have new host AJ Black joining me to talk about the Eagles and their recent woes, but we can bounce it back around. AJ, how are you? I'm doing great, Candace. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Now, how are you feeling after yesterday's loss of Virginia Tech when there was such promise of some tags changing after that strong game against UNC? Yeah, you know, I, I think it was a tough loss last night, but um, I just wrote about it on my site on um, BC Bulletin, the site that I write for, mm-hmm. uh, that it's a it's a process. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you have a new coach, your new system, you're, you're turning over a leaf from Steve Adazio and that ground and pound offense to more of a pro style. And you, you had to know that these types of losses, some, it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. It, it was just inevitable, especially with COVID kind of cutting away a lot of that spring practice. So it was a, it was a tough loss, definitely not, you know, turning over the ball five times and letting up 350 yards on the ground <laughs> is never a good thing. But I think when you take a step back and look at what you were expecting for the season, you knew this was going to happen at some point. Maybe it's nice to get it out of the way early. Absolutely. Now, what are your thoughts on Coach Halfley? Do you think he's been a strong change for the program? Absolutely. He's brought an energy and enthusiasm uh, to the program that's been sorely lacking since probably 2008 when Jeff Jagosinski brought BC to two straight ACC title games. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really like about him is he's got he's got a football mind. He's an engaging Um, young coach that really connects well with players, recruits, and the fan base. And I think the fan base is a big thing because Boston College, if you watch the games in the last couple of years, or you follow them on social media, they're not, they're one of the, you know, smaller fan bases in the country, but the fans are there. They've been waiting to come back. They've been waiting for a coach that 
you know, energizes the, the group and the way that they're playing and the way that he's running this program, I think is going to be, you know, once we can get fans back into the stadium is going to really energize this group and to really, you're going to start to see pro the product improve on the field as well. No doubt. Now reviving Boston college can't be easy, but what do you think is still a couple missing pieces for the team? Right now, um, the big the big issues I think right now with Boston College is uh, the roster is meant for that ground and pound offense. So you know, in the years past, it was AJ Dillon running it 40, 50 times a game. Right. You know, playing a physical run style offense, and the defense was set up for you know Steve Adazio style. Now Jeff Halfley needs to bring his guys in. He you know he came from Ohio State. He's come from the NFL. He's going to have his system the way he wants to. And if you follow the recruiting. He's going for a lot of defensive backs. He's going to be going for a new style where instead of having, you know, a, a typical 4-3 defense, he's going to have, you know, extra defensive backs in to kind of support or, you know, an offensive, I mean, a linebacker safety uh, hybrid. So he's, he's bringing in, I mean, he's got seven or eight defensive backs coming in and just this recruiting class alone. So he's looking and targeting that specifically. You know, you know, you guys are with UNC, you see it all, uh, you know, I saw it when, when they played BC a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. speed's important. And it's one of the reasons they got run off the field by Virginia tech last night is BC doesn't have the speed. They have Zay flowers. Who's got good speed. They've got a couple other guys like Jalen Gill, the transfer who came over with Halfley from Ohio state. Uh, they got a couple guys here and there, but overall as a roster, they don't have that speed. And I think that's something he's going to address. Absolutely. Now, overall, what are your expectations for coaching the Eagles this year? What will you be happy with when the all said and done? I think, you know, you know, what he's done so far, you have to be happy. Uh, mm -hmm. Other than last night's game, you know, they played UNC and held, you know, it was a two point game going into that, that last two point conversion. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, watching Steve Adazio for years, you saw BC just get run out of the building every time they played a top 25 team. So that's a step in the right direction. I think what I would like to see is I look at the schedule and I look at what BC is capable of doing, you know, Phil Dracovic, their transfer quarterback is one of the top ACC quarterbacks this year. Yeah, He can do anything against anyone. So the, you know, you look at the schedule, there's still Clemson on there. They're going to, they're going to kick BC to the moon. Cause they're just, <laughs> they're on a whole other level and Listen, BC's not there yet. Don't feel you bad. Know? Everyone can kick to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think, I don't see BC getting there for, you know, they, you know, I could see Halfley getting the program to a spot where they can possibly get into a, a, a match with Clemson. I just don't think it'll be this year. Mm -hmm. um, but every other game, you have Louisville, you've got Syracuse, Georgia Tech next week, you uh, UVA and Notre Dame. And, and Notre Dame, I saw this week and I said, you know, BC can hang with them. I yeah. think they could hang with them. So it's that Clemson game, but I'd love to see BC win three or four more games, get themselves to a decent bowl and really set themselves up for the 2021 season. I think that's where things are going to start to, to really blossom for Jeff Halfley. That's a great perspective. Now, the ACC landscape is pretty much Clemson and everyone else. What does it say about the conference to have five you know, teams in the top 25? And does it help put things in perspective for Boston College fans? Or are they pretty much, they understand where the team is at? Yeah, you know, um, I think with, you want to see a, a, as a team that's in the conference, you want to see the, the ACC succeed. Right. You don't want to just see Clemson at number one and everyone else is, you know, you know, getting votes in below 25 on the top 25 polls. You don't want to see that. Right. You want to see the, the conference succeed. 
So I, you see, you see teams like Notre Dame and UNC, and I mean, you saw Florida State beat you guys yesterday, and they're looking like a whole different team right now. Um, the, the, the success of the conference helps everyone in it. So I think having so many teams do so well to start the year really says a lot about the conference, especially with the SEC struggling. Um, you, you know, they're the conference I think right now that has has a little bit of, um, you know, then they're, they're a little bit inconsistent right now themselves. Mm -hmm. So um, I like the way that the ACC is a little bit more balanced this year. You're seeing teams play well against every other team. I think it's going to be a fun season. I think it's going to help every team moving forward. Absolutely. Now I'm super excited to hear about this podcast. What does Locked On Podcasts, sorry, Locked On Podcasts, what does Locked On Boston College look to bring? What can we expect for all of our folks listening who are Boston College fans? Yeah. So if you're a Boston College fan and I haven't annoyed you enough in the last 10 <laughs> minutes, um, you're going to love to follow me and my podcast, uh, Locked On Boston College. It's going to be start kicking off on November 1st. Um, you can actually already follow me on um, Apple and Spotify. If you looked up Lost, Locked On Boston College, my old feed is is connected to it. So I do a BC Bulletin podcast right now, and I will be for the next two weeks until I transition over. Um, so you can still see, you can get live podcasts with me up until I become part of the Locked On Network. Um, what you're going to get with me, you're going to get, you get, you get AJ, which <laughs> Boston College fans who have followed me, uh, you know what you're going to get. Good opinions, analysis of games, um, I have, I have a take on everything and, um, I'm going to have guests. I'm going to have a co-host, you know, Eric Hoffs, who's a BC insider who has been part of, um, my podcast for years is going to join me a couple days a week. So you, if you guys like Eric, you're going to see him a couple times, um, to talk, uh, spreads and gambling a little bit with some of the games that are coming on. I'm going to have different BC personalities. It's going to be a ton. I, I have so many different ideas coming up and I think I'm going to execute on all of them. I'm that's at least how I, yeah, that's how I put awesome. it through my brain. But, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. And more importantly, I just need to know, are you a realist when you give your takes? Do you come from a perspective? I try to give you the real, or do you dream? Cause I'm a dreamer. Look, I said locked on Tar Heels. We're going 11 and Oh, everyone in the ACC is going down this year, 2020 effort. Like, you know, it's COVID be damn. Why not just shoot for the moon? Are you more yeah. like, let's, let's be humble here. <laughs> I, I, I do because I, I literally, I'm an hour before this, I just po posted on my website, mm -hmm. um, trust the process. So, you know, I, so many fans were shooting at me last night. Oh, this is pathetic. This is embarrassing. I'm like, guys, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a little bit more of a realist. I know this stuff happens. You got to kind of just take a breath. And next year, next year will be the big year or the year after. And I think it's going to come. So I, I'm a bit more of a realist as I get up there in age. No doubt. No doubt. AJ, well, I appreciate your time. Can you remind folks where they can follow you on social handles if they want to continue to support those Boston College Eagles? Yeah. If you want to check out my website, it's BC Bulletin. You can find that at bcbulletin.com. It's part of the Sports, Net uh, Sports Illustrated Network. You can get me there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Um, or my site at Boston College SI. And you can find uh, my site on Facebook as well at Boston College SI. Thank you so much. And I appreciate your time. I look forward to talking to you down the line. All right, folks, as you know, I'm on this new fitness journey since retirement from swimming. I told you about my bridesmaid experience, how I was trying to get 
down to size and I needed to have something to help me get through. I have been looking for great treats to stay fit, but keep me nice and toned. That's why I've leaned on Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. With 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate, Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Final interview of the day, Locked On Badgers podcast host Asher Lowe here to talk to me about Wisconsin, more importantly, the Big Ten, finally getting the season. Asher, how are you? I'm good. I can't wait. It's, it's, <laughs> it's game week, finally. <laughs> I'm sure that is so good to say. The Big Ten finally getting a season. How does it feel to have some football and you get to be in the conversation? I'm really happy for this team and these coaches that have put in so much time over the last few months to finally, and even when the season was canceled, still putting in that work, putting in time uh, in the weight room. Uh, it wasn't normal practices when the season was supposed to be canceled, but they were still meeting, uh, still working out and all that. And now all of the hard work gets to be put into a game on Friday, a redemption game for Wisconsin against Illinois. I'm just really happy for this team, you know, the community of Madison, that it means so much to them that this team can play football this year. So I can't wait. No doubt. Now, was it always um, they're going to keep working and working out because it wasn't a definitive no? Was that always kind of the mindset of the Badgers program? You, you know, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure about that specifically, but even mm -hmm. when the no happened, it, it was still up in the air. I feel like in the media and in the locker room, we weren't really sure. And even and right. And even with a yes, like even with this eight game schedule, we're still not really sure. Right. Are we going to actually play games? We don't have a lot of room for errors. So I think everything's an unknown. And I think that's why Paul Christ, Wisconsin's head coach, and the program wanted to just stay ready. Absolutely. In the eight games in eight weeks, there is no room for error. And nothing could possibly go wrong. We're sending all the good juju out there. Wisconsin is set to play Illinois. What should, the, what should Badgers fans expect out the gate? So the big story right now for Wisconsin is under center. Because Jack Cohn... Wisconsin starting QB last year went down with a foot injury in practice a few weeks ago. Mm. And Wisconsin has a very hyped up young superstar behind him. And Graham Mertz, a guy that is Wisconsin's highest rated recruit at the quarterback position in the modern recruiting era. It's going to be his first start on Friday night. His last time on a football field as a starting quarterback was, I actually don't know if he started the game, but he played it and was the MVP of it, the All-American Bowl back in high school. So it's been a while for him since he's been a starter. We saw him out there last year a little bit in his redshirt year, but obviously you can only play in three games, and he was in very limited blowout fashion kind of roles there last year. So we don't really know what he brings. We've seen some fun practice tape of him, but Graham Mertz under center is the big thing. And then, of course, Wisconsin fans can expect a solid defense, yes, losing two NFL linebackers in Zach Bond to New Orleans and Chris Orr to the Carolina Panthers. But Wisconsin always reloads the defense. Leo Chenal, I, I had a guy uh, – Leo Chennault is one of the linebackers replacing those two. And I had a, a guy this morning on a press conference, Eric Burrell, who's a starting safety for this team, was last year as well, who called him absolutely crazy in the best way in the weight room. He, he's, he's a freak of nature. So I'm excited to see him. And this defense, like I said, is going to retool and be one of the best in the country, not just the Big Ten. Absolutely. Now, what is going to help get the Badgers in the college football playoff conversation? Because they've always had solid teams year in and year out, but it seems to not get to that next level. It's pretty simple. It's two words. It's Ohio State. <laughs> Ohio State, they don't play school. They play football, as Cardell yeah. Jones said. And <laughs> I think Badger fans sometimes try to compare themselves to Ohio State. I think it happens 
in basketball as well. And Wisconsin fans want to know, why can't we recruit like Kentucky if we've actually won like Kentucky in the last decade? Like, we've been to two Final Fours. Why are we not recruiting like them? You know, why are we not recruiting like a Duke? And it's just style of program, right, and style of school, what the school expects of you. And there are very different expectations at Wisconsin and styles at Wisconsin that works for them, right? They can't go up against Ohio State to get a five-star guy, but they can get some really solid four-star talent and bring in some guys that are going to work very hard in the classroom, uh, be smart, uh, interesting prospects that Wisconsin can mold. And we've seen a lot of three-stars come to Wisconsin and have talent. I actually read something recently that said, Wisconsin is the best place to go if you are a three-star football player because you have the most opportunity there, the most room for growth. And that's been true over the last few years. You see a lot of the guys that succeed at Wisconsin, not even three stars, walk-ons. J.J. Watt, if you've ever heard his name, obviously. <laughs> uh, he's a walk-on, a former walk-on at Wisconsin. Yeah. So you have this walk-on tradition, this kind of underdog tradition of players coming out. And can we compete with Ohio State's five stars? We'll see. But hey, it's one game. That's the thing about college football. It's not a best of seven series. You have to beat Ohio State one time on a neutral field. And that's how Wisconsin gets to the college football playoff. I'd be shocked if this team loses more than one game in this eight-game regular season. You're 7-1. and one, You're heading into a game with Ohio State in that Big Ten championship game. Even 8-0 and in the regular season is very possible. And it's just about that game. Can Wisconsin get over that hump? Listen, I am all about your excitement for this team because that's how I feel about my Tar Heels. Now talk about Coach Paul Christ and who has been a two-time Big Ten Coach of the Year selection. Are Badgers fans happy with what he's done or are they still feeling like expectations haven't been met? Paul Christ has exceeded every expectation I think any Badger fan could have had for him. Mm -hmm. uh, he has really made this program back into a consistent winner. Not that there was ever a huge drop-off, but there was a lot of uncertainty, especially with Gary Anderson and how that whole thing ended. Paul Christ is a Badger. That's the first thing I think that people love about him. Mm -hmm. He is a Wisconsin Badger through and through, a lifer. And that's something that I think fans take very seriously. Jim Leonard, his defensive coordinator, another Wisconsin Badger, by the way, another walk-on. Uh, who played 10 years in the NFL at safety and now is the defensive coordinator. So you've got a lot of Badgers on the staff. I think that's something people really appreciate. And Paul Christ himself, you know, no-nonsense attitude. It's not about him. It's not about me. It's about we with him. And that's always been made very clear with this program. Yes, there's a new level to get to, but I think with recruiting classes going up, with Wisconsin getting closer and closer, we're going to see them reach a new level in this decade. I'm excited to see it. Now, when it's all said and done, the Badgers finish where in the Big Ten overall in the AP Top 25? Absolutely number one in the Big Ten West. And if anything less is a, is a massive failure this year based on how the Big Ten West looks. Okay. And then, of course, you get to Ohio State and Wisconsin's not going to be expected to win that game. Fans aren't going to be expecting Wisconsin to win that game. And why should they? They haven't beaten Ohio State since 2011. It's not something that happens often ever. It's not something that's ever happened in the Big Ten Championship game in the last decade, and they've been there a couple times. Uh, two of the last three years, Wisconsin has lost to Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game, and Wisconsin had a lead last year at halftime. It slipped away. So I think Big Ten West finishing first is almost a lock, and I don't want to say lock, but it's as close to a lock as you're going to get for winning a division in any conference in college football, Wisconsin winning that division, and then playing Ohio State. We'll see. AP Top 25, I think an 8-0 no regular season probably gets this team up to 6 or 7. But does it really matter? No, because it only matters if Wisconsin can beat Ohio State, in which case they would definitely vault in to that top four of that college football playoff. No doubt. Now, when you took my last question, my last question for you, when you talk about the Big Ten and trying to fit into that college football playoff committee and the conversations that are going to be had, why should people still consider the Big Ten when they really are kind of starting out later than everybody else? 
Well, I think we should look around the country a little bit and see what's <laughs> happened in the ACC and the SEC. It's been a mess. I don't know what else to say. I'm not saying the Big Ten won't be a mess. I think we'll see a lot of parity in the Big Ten as well. We'll see some weird results, whatever. But the Big 12 has taken themselves out of the college football playoff by themselves. They don't need the Big Ten's help with that. The SEC, Bama's going to get in. Georgia, we'll see. They have to win out and look good doing it. But Bama's in. Clemson's obviously in. And then there's a spot up for grabs, maybe even two spots up for grabs. And that's probably going to be Ohio State's spot. If Ohio State somehow loses to a Penn State, that could be interesting. We'll see if a different team out of the Big Ten East can get to Indianapolis, or I'm not sure the game's actually going to be on a neutral site this year. We'll see how that all works when we get there. Mm-hmm. But Big Ten has room for definitely one. I think one is basically a lock, unless we see a ridiculous amount of parity with Ohio State losing a game they shouldn't, or Ohio State losing in the Big Ten Championship to a team that isn't Wisconsin and a team that maybe shouldn't even be there in the first place, which would be a crazy scenario. But one is pretty much a lock. Two is possible, doubtful, but possible. Okay, well, 2020 is the year where anything can certainly happen. Asher, I appreciate your time. Can you remind folks of where they can follow you, follow the Badgers and all of your work? Yeah, at Locked On Badgers, five days a week. You guys know the drill. If you listen to Locked On College <laughs> Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, big company man over here. Uh, we're yeah, all company yeah. people here at the network. And at AOW underscore 33 on Twitter, at Locked On Badgers on Twitter as well. Good luck to you and your team, and I look forward to talking to you down the line. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked On College Football Podcast, all of the great talent that comes onto our show. I am so grateful for Locked On Bama host Luke Robinson for joining me today, Locked On Boston College AJ Black, and Locked On Badgers podcast host Asher Lowe for coming on, talking to me about their respective teams and their conference as, as a whole. As we see, it's crazy. Anything can happen in 2020, especially in the college football world. So we're just going to keep focusing and enjoy it while we get to have it for sure. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Be smart. Be safe make sure you wear those masks and above all else enjoy your monday you are locked on college football your daily podcast on all things college football part of the locked on podcast network your team every day 